the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Rob Black and your money. Call Rob 1 800 345 5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. No, no, it's not the Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black and your money. I keep forgetting that management wants me to change that. Takes a little bit of time. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about. Anything. You know, something that I was, uh, I was last night at a establishment that served alcoholic adult beverages. And uh, everyone wanted to talk about BP. BP. Is now the time to buy BP. Is now the time to buy BP. Um, soon, if you believe that they're going to have enough money to cover their, their problem, they've put $20 billion in a fund on the side. To cover the claims. Keep in mind, right now, claims are probably sitting in the four to six billion dollar marks. They're putting a lot of money aside as the claims are going to mount. The claims and the cleanup are going to mount. With that said, is that enough? I don't know. No one really knows. It's a problem that's tough to quantify. It's a problem that's tough to put into numbers. But uh, Obama evals to spill fix. Uh, this might be his, his whole presidency on this because it's going to be in the headlines for quite a while. It's not going to go away anytime soon. You're going to see poipuses, you know, coming up on the beach all slick in oil. You're going to see birds and pelicans all dying slick on oil. You're going to see fishermen who you can't understand because they say they, they they talk funny in the South. And they're going to be all up in arms. And there's going to be people who are really upset. You know, they want BP to succeed. BP, uh huge, huge job provider in the South. So some people don't want them to go down. Some people want them to go down. Some people say that they'll never be able to pay enough. Um, anyway, long story short, I don't know if the stock is a good buy at this price point or not. It's It certainly carries headline risk. But some of the headlines are going away. I mean, for instance, Obama uh, was pretty tough on him last night. You know, he, he used some pretty strong adult language, not adult language, but he used some pretty strong you know language against him. So uh, some of this is starting to, on a PR level or on a, a news level, BP's still standing. And it's tough to imagine, you know, can the president come out and say even more nasty things about them? Sure. But uh, when you're starting to throw things of judgment at them, some of them are starting to, you know, get behind BP. Now, the longer you get behind them, the, the more time you put behind it, the better. You understand the basic idea there. So let's talk about the Wall Street today. The old Wall Street uh, and for the record, British Petroleum is sitting right at $31 a share. It's been holding here now for a couple days. It's trying to find some support. It was holding support at 40 but it wasn't able to hold on to it for terribly long. So that's the big story of the day so far is really British Petroleum. But the New York Stock Exchange opened today after home construction applications for building permits slumped in May following the end of a homebuyer tax credit. So what we get on Wall Street is ultimately a slightly down market. Wall Street just not all that happy with what we're seeing out there. 
So the Dow is slightly lower. The NASDAQ on the sideways push. The Dow's down 18. The NASDAQ's up less than a point. So it's, it's almost sideways. In a second, it'll be up a point or down a point. S&P 500, down one point. Ten-year Treasury bonds, it's 3.28%. That means if you're going to park your money in the safety of the United States government, you're going to get 3.2% a year for over the next 10 years. That's okay. Inflation tends to average somewhere between 2 to 4%. So you're, you're not losing, in theory, to inflation. That's the idea. Now, the market's looking at two things today. BP, three things. BP, Spain, and housing starts. The end of a popular tax break means an end to the uptick in new home construction. Details from Fox News Radio's Rich Johnson in Washington. The Commerce Department says home construction fell by 10% in May compared to April, and applications for new building permits fell by nearly 6%. The big drop in construction driven by a 17% decline in single-family homes. That fueled by the end of the federal income tax credit for first-time home buyers. New construction also down because of the glut of homes built during the boom years still on the market and the still-rising number of foreclosed homes for sale. In Washington, Rich Johnson, Fox News Radio. So construction homes and permits on homes are important to watch. Permits even more importantly than construction. In large part, permits talk about activity that's going to be coming six months from now. So you pay attention to the permits for sure. Now, home construction is important on different levels. Now, first of all, if they're not building homes, they're not expecting people to be gobbling up homes. But on top of that, if they're not building homes, they're not sending the middle class worker, the blue collar guy out swinging a hammer. They're not getting lumber. They're not pouring cement. They're not putting in driveways. They're not putting in plumbing. All those all those have plumbers and electricians and, and construction workers all duly employed. So that's that's a, that's a bit of a problem. So from a jobs perspective, this is a weak number. From a demand perspective of the consumer, this is a weak number. But this is a good number if you own a home. You own a home, you've got supply. You have a home, Right. At some point in time, someone is going to need to live in that home. So now, unless so, the demand would come in. Now, if new home builders are building ten times as many homes as demand, your value is going to go down because the buyers are going to. Have, it's going to be a buyer's market. They're going to be able to look around and say, "Hey, I want this. I want this. I want that. Or I want this lower price. Or I want you to throw in granite countertops or whatever." You get the basic idea. So, housing starts. Are, it's kind of a multifaceted economic uh, indicator. Elsewhere, stopping the leak, cleaning things up preventing such disasters from happening again. Those and other pledges were made last night by President Barack Obama in his first ever Oval Office address. Oval Office addresses are important because they're a sign of crisis. They're like, I'm taking this seriously, ladies and gentlemen. They're basically kind of like, this is a battle, and I need to win this one, so I need to be in the Oval Office when I address the nation. Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington reports. Calling the company reckless, the president says he's ordered BP to improve containment efforts and expects within weeks they'll be capturing up to 90% of the still leaking oil. He's also ordering BP to set up a fund from which claims will be paid, and he's pledging cleanup in the short term as well as restoration. We must make a commitment to the Gulf Coast that goes beyond responding to the crisis of the moment. I make that commitment tonight. Naming former Mississippi Governor, now Navy Secretary Ray Mabus as coordinator who will develop a long-range restoration plan. And he's named former federal prosecutor Michael Bromwich to head the Minerals Management Service and lead its reorganization. In Washington, Chris Barnes, Fox News Radio. Now, elsewhere in the world of money and news today, FedEx, they're an important stock. They're an important company to pay attention to because they talk about shipping. They talk about business. 
again, if you, there's so many economic indicators, I'm going to talk about some of them later in the show. Like, yeah, you know, we can in real time see how many truck stops are being used right now across the nation. And the more truck stops that are being used or the more trucks at truck stops tells you sign the economy is moving, the kind of sign the economy is consuming or at least manufacturing and sending stuff out. FedEx is kind of a similar company. How they do business and how much business they do and the volume of their business is all critically important for understanding how the economy is working or not. So they had a great quarter, but they said coming up, we see some increased cost pressures on the pension and healthcare front, the latter of which is pressuring the stock uh, today in the stock market. So they're, they're a little cautious on the Ford looking statements. And Wall Street is basically saying, you know what, We're, that makes us a little bit nervous. That sounds like you're not going to have enough business to cover your, your, your business costs. And the key phrase there, you're not going to have enough business. So we're, we're, we're micromanaging FedEx and we're punishing them today. But what they said was tougher on the market, all things considered. Elsewhere out there today, um, Apple and Research in Motion are basically hurting a company called Nokia. Do- Nokia used to dominate the phone market. And on a lot of levels, they do. They still are the number one phone supplier to the world. Really never penetrated the United States as well as they, they should have. Uh, but Nokia dialed in a very cautious report today and saying that their device sales could be on the lower end of expectations. They say competitive pressures from Apple and Research in Motion as well as HTC. The HTC Incredible is getting amazing reviews. They're saying it's as as beefy of a phone as Apple is. So keep that in mind. Apple's eventually going to lose some edge as far as uh, innovation goes because it can be copied and pretty much so emulated pretty much so easily. Uh, so don't get too cocky on Apple. Now, the euro is retracing some gains uh, today, which basically means recently it's popped up. Now it's going back down and kind of filling in that gap up. So it's taking a little bit of pause. You've got some sovereign debt fears out there. Greece has been officially marked as an emerging economy with junk status rating. But the focus again today is on Spain, where the fiscal troubles continue to mount. There's a wealth of commentary coming out of Spain today, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, some... Spain and France, like France just pushed up the retirement age two years. That's that's interesting, right? That's that's an austerity measure. They're trying to basically keep their economy moving and stop paying people out. People in France are a little pissed off about it. Spain's got some austerity measures today that I'll report on a little later as well. So Spain's 10-year bonds are trading, you know, at about 218-point spread uh, to the German, you know, Bund. And that's an all-time high. And basically their, their prime minister announced a labor law overhaul day making it easier to fire people. And the, the unions in Spain are freaked out and they're on strike and they're, 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 they're protesting. Bank of Spain said that in their annual report that they see a weak and gradual recovery. Weak and gradual, not fast and furious. So that's bad news. That could stress their lenders a little bit. So there, there's big issues out there today. Crude oil is trading around $76 a barrel on a stronger dollar. Energy sector is still digesting President Obama's laid out uh, plan last night. And uh, you're seeing alternative energy stocks because uh, Obama said, we're going to use less fossil fuel. Oh, and my wife, Michelle Obama, just flew to L.A. to watch the Lakers tonight, <laughs> consuming some of that fossil fuel that we're going to use less of. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. Don't make me do all the talking and heavy lifting here. Coming up, we're going to talk about some credit card numbers in California's economy. Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. 
You're listening to Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Rob Black and your money. I am Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't be shy. Please don't be shy. This is an easy show to interact with. We could talk about your 401k. In fact, a little bit later in the show today, I'm going to talk about the 401k and basically how to set it up for dummies. Basic idea is investing for dummies. I am going to introduce a segment called Investing for Dummies. I'm going to talk about the 401k a little bit later today. This is a call and show 800 345 It's 800-345-5639. It's also a call in from out of state or out of the Bay Area. It's 415-322-9101. It's 415 I've got a blog now on talk910.com, and it's just my writings. And basically, I'll take a premise and I'll expand on it, whether it's President Obama's speech, who the stock winners are, losers. BP is now the time to invest or not. And you can find this blog at talk910.com, talk910.com. It's under the Rob Black shoe. Elsewhere, let's move on and talk about some of the data that I'm seeing out there today. Now, this is data that you're not going to see reported anywhere. You're just, you're not. It's credit card data. And the May data came out and it's evidencing or showing I think evidencing is a word, but not quite sure. But it's showing that the peak in charge-off rates occurred during the first quarter of 2010. This is good for bank stocks. With a gradual ease in charge-offs over the remainder of 2010, it's going to become a welcome sign as companies are going to be able to release reserves at the same time. This adds earnings power at a time when the industry is dealing with regulation issues. Now, there are some regulation issues out there. The Durbin Amendment. That's expected to have a limited impact, and yet right now it's holding up a lot of bank stocks. It's going to have a limited impact because it, it deals with debit transactions, not so much as credit transactions. And the uncertainty over the situation, including whether regulation will expand a credit interchange, has been weighing on shares of bank stocks. It could, it could jump over to interchange on, on commerce and ultimately create a, a better environment for businesses versus creating a worse environment for banks. So I'm hearing talk right now on regulation is the next big financial reform is going to be tied towards banks and how much they can charge on overdrafts and how much they can charge on on credit issues and and late payments and putting penalties on top of penalties. They're going to try to strip that out. So right now, the banks probably aren't the safest place in the short term because there's a lot of regulation pointing straight at them, straight at them. It's in the bullseye, right? So you got to be kind of careful or you have to lower your expectations for instant gratification. So the forecast for elevated charge-offs in the near term, ultimately in line with expectations tied towards the unemployment rate, which correlates closely with charge-off rates. So the unemployment rate is close to the year near its current levels. It's easing into 2011. We expect unemployment to, to probably run to about 8% versus where it is now, depending on nation, 9.5% depending on California, roughly 12%. So you should see improving employment into 2011. But again, it ain't going, unemployment ain't going to 5, 6, 7% anytime soon, which are much healthier numbers for you, the individual. Now let's talk about jobs in California. And uh, this is obviously a topic that's close to a lot of people's heart. You can't save for retirement if you don't have a job, right? You basically work from age 20 to 60, right? So it's important to, to eyeball this stuff. Now, California's economy is seen as sluggish, according to a new UCLA Economist poll. The state's inland areas are likely to lag behind the coastal areas, 
This is inside the Anderson forecast, the UCLA Anderson forecast. So again, some some good nuggets of trivia there already out there. Coastal going to lag. No, coastal going to lead. Uh, you know, inland going to lag. So the state's unemployment rate is going to average about 12.1% this year, uh, according to The Economist. And it's going to return to single digits in 2012. 2012 for the state of California is when it gets back to single digits. That's a tough time. I can't help but dig this song. Especially the way he says California. Turns it into like an eight-second word. Anyway, I'm totally... uh, I'm off topic. I can't focus. Focus, Rob. Focus. So we're going to have to uh, slow growth this year, according to the Anderson forecast. And we're going to have it accelerate a little bit in 2011 and a little bit in 2012, it looks like. California's recovery is going to depend heavily on the behavior of shoppers. Retail spending drives traffic at Southern California ports and inland logistics centers, which are major regional employers. So we as shoppers in the state of California, we basically help Southern California ports bring in goods. But on top of that, if you ever go, say, 30 to 40 miles in from the coast, all up and down California, you'll see these super center, these big trucking centers where, where trucks start grabbing the goods and sending it across the nation and sending it all across California as well. Big employers. So consumers are unlikely to splurge until businesses start hiring again, which will happen only gradually. Unemployment rates going to decline to about 8.6% by 2012. According to the forecast, the GDP for the United States is going to be about 3%, below 3% in 2011 and 2012. So GDP, gross domestic product, right? What you need to know, and again, I'm here to help create shortcuts for you, is U.S. GDP tends to run 2 to 4%. 4%, we're kind of fat. 2%, we're kind of thin. 3%'s just right. If we can grow our gross domestic product at 3%, we're okay. So when you get down to 1% or 0%, any of the other numbers below that, it, it, it hurts. If you get up to 5 6 7%, it hurts on a different level because it creates inflation. We're, we're consuming too much. We're creating too much. We're using natural resources too fast. So we like the 3% number. Now, in California, growth in healthcare, education, and technology are going to be the strongest in coastal areas. Inland areas are going to be dragged down by their excess housing inventory and state budget cuts, which will affect rural inland areas where government workers make up a significant percentage of the workforce. Keep that in mind. Uh, So, again, another reason why you don't buy real estate 30 miles from the coast. You try to stay in that 30-mile or less zone uh, where the jobs are, where the jobs are non-government jobs because Sacramento's budget's too high, right? We're going to slash, and where are we going to slash? It's going to be the inland areas. So in California, growth in healthcare, education, tech. Let me repeat that. Healthcare, education, and tech. If you're looking for a job, that's where the areas are going to be. Now, the inland parts of the state, they're facing the same kind of structural change that Los Angeles faced with the aerospace contraction in the 1980s. So I feel bad for Stockton. I feel bad for people who live in Stockton who think real estate's going to go up. I talked with a, a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She was a lady last night. We talked a little bit about... A little bit about her mom and dad bought a house in Stockton. I'm like, why? There's a movie coming out called Escape from Stockton, where basically, you know, we turned it into a prison prison city. 
and you have to try to get out of it. There's no reason to live in Stockton. Stockton sucks. It's the armpit of, of California. So Stockton is just, it's nasty. It's, it's hot. Uh, the jobs there stink. So L.A. is going to benefit from that coastal location and the recovery. The San Francisco Bay Area, we got the tech recovery and the healthcare recovery. International trade still doing well, which benefits Cal- uh, Southern California. Consumer spending in the other parts of the nation as it rebounds will we'll send more stuff to Cal- L.A. in the ports and uh, distribution centers out of that. So they've got a little bit more of an international play um, as well as a domestic play than, 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 say, San Francisco does. It's got a natural deep water harbor, uh, large-scale logistics. It's got export-oriented manufacturing. It's well-positioned. So the, a lot of gloomy predictions are out there. I'm not being gloomy. I, I see a sustained recovery. I think the state in California is going to lose 198,000 jobs in 2010 and 180 more thousand jobs in 2011. So a lot of government jobs are going. Um, I blame the state's sluggish growth. I blame the state's construction meltdown. And I think it's going to continue to lead to job losses this year and next year. So I don't feel California is a good reflection of the U.S. economy. Uh, I feel L.A. is going to be a better reflection of the U.S. economy than, say, the, the Bay Area. And I really like the peninsula because it's got jobs. Go to Shane in Fremont, 800-345-5639. Shane, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a question about the recent news about Fannie and Freddie filing for delisting, and I kind of want to know what that means for shareholders. You're going to get nothing. It's worth zero. Sell your shares as soon as you can. That's what I thought. Just wanted to be sure. So why do you own Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? If you listen to this show, I, I consider you slightly intelligent. But for months and months and months, I've been saying these things are, are crap, they're broken, and they're, they're going to be worth nothing. Right. It was a foolish purchase back in uh, early 09. Okay. So, so. I've been hanging on for a prayer and nothing's happened, so just wanted to see what happened. Ooh, that's a request for Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Living on a prayer. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this briefly. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they're the two largest home funding companies. They're going to delist their shares on the New York Stock Exchange. They failed to meet minimum trading price requirements. The companies each have taken under government control in 2008. They said they no longer met NYSE listing standards and the shares would trade in the over-the-counter market. So they will be traded, but I don't see them ever having any value. In large part, they owe the government just way too much money. The regulators, the Federal Housing Financial Agency, directed the companies to delist common and preferred stock from the NYSE and any national security exchange that they might be listed on. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Coming up, what do I got for you? Let's do some stock picks. 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. California. This is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking typically all things financial. Every now and then I'll, I'll digress a little bit, talk about what I'm seeing at E3. One of the big things that it's, it's subtle. It's subtle. But Microsoft with their Xbox 360 has announced that new one really kind of the same old hardware on a lot of levels. But the new one's going to have a wireless networking uh, built into it. This is big. This is big, 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 big. Companies like Netflix are rocking and rolling for a reason, in large part because of 
wireless networking built into Microsoft Xbox. Again, it, it stops and you go, Rob, it's just a game system. It's a little bit more than that. It's, it's on top of it. It's, you can watch videos on your Microsoft Xbox. There's a big social aspect to it. You can watch, you can watch Netflix through your Xbox. You can watch ESPN through your Netbox, your Xbox. This is important. This is, I, everyone I talk to hates the cable company. Now, unless they give you free cable and you're endorsing them on, on radio, Tom Tolbert, you big whore. Um, there's nothing that man won't, won't promote. There's nothing that man won't promote. McDonald's, I'd promote McDonald's if they paid me. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's did any other way, but uh, that. So anyway, uh, Comcast, everyone hates them. Everyone hates them. So Xbox for $299 and you have a wireless internet connection. Suddenly you've got programming that is free of cable, sans cable. And uh, it's important. It's huge. Number of Xboxes installed in the United States is big. So now again, now they're not all wireless networking, but forevermore, any hardware you buy for your televisions can be wireless. People like me, we're the consumers of the world. We've got the disposable income. I make my decisions now on does it have wires or not. I can't stand wires. I hate wires. I don't like wires in my speakers. I don't like wires to my TV. I don't like wires into my Xbox. I hate wires. And every man's gone through this like, oh, crap, we just moved. Now I got to hook up the TV to the DVD again and, and figure out if it's all going to work right. And, and does the high definition picture come through or not? Or do I lose that? So we hate it. So Microsoft's wireless announcement was huge. Don't underestimate this. I'm not sold on the 3D announcements that are coming out of E3. I'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. But for now, I want to talk a little bit about Microsoft as an investment. They're looking to boost profit and sales. And they plan to start selling a motion control device called the Connect. Last week, we called it Project Natal. This week, it's called the Connect, K-I-N-E-C-T. They're going to sell it on November 4. They're going to let console users direct action by moving their bodies. That's going to be like the Wii on steroids. Unfortunately, what they've shown us so far is kind of like the Wii on steroids. The Wii games, they're not fun. They're not fun. You play baseball and you swing a controller and you just feel like a dork. So, unfortunately, now you just feel like a super glorified dork playing the Microsoft uh, Connect. The games aren't what we want them to be. We want them to be like Bruce Lee Kung Fu. But what they turn out to be is like, you know, grandpa reaching for a power bar. You know, like it's it just it's not quite right. So the device is going to support video chat, which is interesting. Now, Microsoft unveiled an exclusive deal with Disney's ESPN to put live sports events on the Xbox Live on the game service. It's going to cost you about 50 bucks a year. So it's not totally free. Now, ultimately, the final pricing for Connect hasn't been determined. It's probably going to cost about 150 bucks. And you have to have the Xbox 360 as well. The Kinect's going to boost sales of Xbox 360 because it's going to work with existing models as an add-on peripheral. Add-on peripherals tend to have a little bit higher margins than, say, the hardware themselves. So Kinect's going to revolutionize the video game industry? Probably not. It's going to help, but it's probably not going to revolutionize it. So analysts are going to be upping their numbers based on this. We now know what it is. We now know how much it's going to cost. We now know it's going to be fourth quarter, going to go on sale in November. And, you know, it may not be material, but it's going to add revenue to the company. There's no doubt about that. One more company that I want to talk about, and again, this is one I just I keep talking about, and now I'm cautioning you about it. For the better part of the last 14 months, I've told you it's intriguing stock. It's a buy-rated stock. 
Um, it's it's going to get bought out, I think, in 2011. 2011. 2011. Wow, I just uh, aged our nation pretty fast there. Uh, so Netflix uh, analysts are now starting to lower their ratings on the company. So you have a little bit of risk there. Now, I'm not telling you to sell. I'm just telling you I don't see a catalyst to buy. Now, the rating change is being downgraded. And this is important to you, not because you're you're smarter than the analyst. I'll, I'll give you that, okay? You understand Netflix can get bought out. You understand that the Xbox thing is, is a big announcement and wireless TV helps Netflix enormously uh, change their business model when they're no longer shipping discs. They're just streaming them. Uh, much more profitable. But the rating change is based on the movie subscription service reflected, you know, increasing competition from Hulu. Everyone expects Hulu Hulu.com is going to go with a subscription model. But again, when analysts downgrade a stock, I don't want you to say, oh, I got to sell it. I want you to say, why are they downgrading it? And does it make sense to you? And ultimately, the stock Netflix has run really far, really fast. Um, and it's it's probably time to say, let's take some off the table. It's probably time to say, I can't really make a case for it going much higher in the short term. We all get the buzz. We, we, we like it. Maybe they announce a stock split. You know, maybe, maybe. Um, but it's had such an amazing run this year, going from 40 bucks to 124 bucks. It's pricey. You know, part of being a good investor is knowing when things are, are just wrong. It's not the right time. So I want you to learn that lesson. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Cover the Wall Street Journal. This is interesting today. Senators are wrapping the war effort. Afghan strategy is hit by bipartisan criticism as setbacks stir up concerns. The Obama administration's Afghan war efforts come under blistering attack in the Senate bipartisan. Clear sign yet that the unproven progress of the ground risks undermining domestic support in the months leading to a key December review of war strategy. So top Democrat, top Republican on the Senate committee responsible for military oversight, both of whom are strong supporters of the White House decision to send an extra 30,000 troops into Afghanistan last year. They've sharply questioned the administration claims of progress. So this is going to be another issue that we start talking about with not the economy, but with the elections coming up in November, huge elections. And if we get gridlock in Congress, Wall Street will like it. Wall Street will like it because right now they feel kind of nervous that the president has a blank check, that anything he wants to get approved, financial reform done, carbon trading done, you know, healthcare done. There's that that fear there. So I think that's an interesting headline that I don't think many of you will see today. But I think a lot of you will start thinking about it down the road. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black and your money. 910 AM. 910 AM. It's more stimulating talk. Coming up. Toys R Us is doing something kind of interesting. But I'm going to talk about uh, a California administrator who's going bankrupt. And what's crazy about it is how much money he made and still end up going bankrupt. 800-345-5639, Rob Black, your money, 910 AM, more stimulating talk. This is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. President Obama spoke last night, and Wall Street reacts. There was a lot of pressure on BP. It was ratcheted up. Obama gave his first speech from the Oval Office indicating the seriousness of the administrations and making sure that BP is going to be held responsible. 
Today, you've seen the chance of BP going bankrupt go up. They say there's about a 39% chance now that BP won't be able to pay their debts in the future. So the, the risk spread on their collateralized debts going higher. You're seeing different types of stocks perform well today. I'll go over solar later, and I'll go over coal later. Clearly, what President Obama had to say helped solar and helped coal stocks. Um, but one sector that we don't talk about too much on this show is nuclear. There's basically five or six investments in nuclear technology that you can play off of, especially when oil gets really expensive. Um, these stocks tend to do well. You know, France gets 80% of their power from nuclear. We get about 20% of our power in the nation from nuclear. We need to get more from nuclear. Now, that doesn't sit well with people. But getting our energy from oil doesn't sit well with those very same people. Getting our energy from coal doesn't sit well with those people. It sits well with people, you know, natural gas, but we just haven't been a nation to embrace natural gas. Now, here's the nuclear investments. There's a company called Exelon, ticker symbol EXC. I'm not telling you to buy these. I'm telling you these are the nuclear plays. Entergy, ticker symbol ETR. Dominion Resources, ticker symbol D. Dominion Resources, a pretty nice utility company. It's got a 3.2% yield, and it's got nuclear in their portfolio, so they could add more nuclear to their portfolio. It's gone from about $33 a share all the way to $41 a share in the last 52 weeks for utility. That's pretty sexy. So other names in this energy group, uh, nuclear energy, would be Constellation Energy. Ticker symbol CEG, they've gone from 25 to 35, plus they've got a 2.6% dividend yield. NRG Energy, they've had a nice um, kind of sideways action for the better part of a 52-week ticker symbol NRG, 25 to 25. Kamiko, Kamiko is to uranium what Saudi Arabia is to oil. So, so every now and then their mines will get flooded, and floods in uranium don't mix terribly well, so that has to be cleaned up. There's a lot of risk in the company, but they got the largest source of uranium in the world. Ticker symbol on Kamiko is CCJ. And uh, other companies that build nuclear power plants, companies like Floor, ticker symbol FLR, and Chicago Bridge and Iron, ticker symbol CBI. So that's what you got. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Kenneth in Oakland. Kenneth? Rob, how are you? I'm okay. A little hung, aren't you? A little hung over? No, no. No, I'm just kidding. Not just this. Um, hey, I wanted to comment on this. Uh, there was a, it was a couple years ago, I remember hearing this uh, spokesperson for uh, BP had talked about, and one of the questions that was presented to him was, how do you guys make $30 billion a year, I mean, uh, a quarter in profit? And he says, it's simple. We have to have that kind of profit margin because we have such great exposure and we have huge equipment that um, we are actually liable for. So we have to make that kind of money, and it's certainly our safety practices are in place. Okay. And so anyway, I, I just thought that was kind of – every time I hear about this thing, I just kind of flash back to hearing that, um, you know, him comment on this thing. And I just, I just think that, you know, I, I think they really need to be nailed to the wall on this one. And I think it was just actually there's a lot of negligence on their behalf. And I think they just tried to somehow just kind of, you know, try to get around it and just hope for the best. Now, why nailed to the wall versus pay for the damages? Why are you going Catholic on me? Why are you going Christian? Well, 
Why, why you well, got that? Well, that wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be a Christian thing to do. It probably oh. would be just uh, what would be adequate. Uh, you pay for exactly what was uh, what you've tarnished in a sense. But the thing is, I think there's more. Um, I think there's other companies, viable companies that are out there that would want some of their federal um, grants, maybe to go ahead and could um, and take some of the uh, the oil from them, and uh, to be able to uh, posture themselves to be in a position where they can go ahead and do that, and not without uh, BP being around. Okay. I don't know if I agree with that. I just I, I don't have that kind of thought process of let's put a company out of business. Um, again, is, is it heinous what's happened? Yes. Do they have the worst safety practices in all the oil industry? It appears so. Um, they've had numerous refinery deaths. They've had numerous oil rig deaths. Uh, they seem to have a, a bottom line dollar versus bottom line safety issue on their hands. So today, it's interesting to note, today's probably the bottom in the stock. When someone calls a radio show and says we should probably nail them, and I was going Catholic on you with the whole nail them to the cross thing. Um, today you're starting to see the stock move a little bit higher. It failed to break down to fresh lows after the president drubbed them. Thanks for the call. Um, on top of that, it, it, you know, it's getting in a little bit of a squeeze higher. There's New York times saying that the BP has placed 20 billion in an escrow account to pay claims that result from the spill that removed some uncertainty about compliance and government requests. So government's requested it. They've done it. BP filed a 6K this morning stating that oil and gas flowing through a second containment system attached to Deepwater Horizon's rigs failed blowout preventer, and that's supplementing a little lower marine riser package cap containment system, which remains in operation. The stock seems to be moving a little bit higher on this, and BP, I just saw in the, the news come out, say that they are starting to burn off some of the oil that's starting to come out. Um, so they seem to be... I, I don't I gotta be careful on how I say this. They seem to be dealing with the current market environment. Now again, I'm not a fan of, of BP. Don't make me into the BP cheerleader. I'm not I'm not the poster boy for rah 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 shish boom ba. All I'm saying is that a day after the president drubbed them, they seem to be standing. They seem to be doing a little bit better. The stock is moving higher. So some people would say is that all you got? Is there anything else you're going to throw at me? Is that it? I, I think I, I think I'm making some sense to you. Let's talk a little about about California again and the beleaguered Calpers board member. He's back to bankruptcy court. This is just stunning to me. You know, like a lot of people don't know that superintendents, education superintendents, people that oversee the school systems, that a lot of the people that we elect. And we don't even know what the job is that they do, but they get paid two to three hundred thousand dollars a year. Now, this guy Alfred Villalobos, he's been named in a state influencing peddling lawsuit. He owes over five million to Nevada casinos. I don't know if I want to say that our state officials they really shouldn't be gambling to that type of tune. If they are, that tells me that they're not really working for the state. They're either independently wealthy or they've run scams to get to where they are. Um, Alfred Villalobos, the former board of member of California's giant public pension fund, he's been named in a state-influenced peddling lawsuit. He's filed for bankruptcy court, owes Nevada casinos $5 million. It was the second personal bankruptcy for him in 28 years. Uh, he was deputy mayor of Los Angeles for five months in 1993. 
He was a board member for the California Public Employees Retirement System from 93 to 95. He's listed debts to seven casinos, uh, basically in Nevada, Reno, and Vegas, as well as $1.1 million in unpaid legal fees. I don't... Oh! This tells you our government system just creates these people. How did he... I mean, how do you owe seven... Five million to casinos. How do you owe one point five plus million in legal fees? So he owes one point four million to Caesars. He owes one point two million to Harris South Lake Tahoe. One point one million to Harris Reno. Three hundred seventy five thousand to the Atlantis Hotel in Reno. Three hundred thousand to Harvey South Lake Tahoe. Two hundred thirty five thousand to Pepper Mill Hotel in Reno. And one hundred thirty thousand to the El Dorado Hotel in Reno. Like this isn't a good. This isn't good press for these companies. Now, how do you owe that kind of money and walk out of a casino alive? I don't get it. Now, the California Attorney's General Office accuses him of securities fraud and influence peddling in connection with his activities of a so-called placement agent. This is why we need to vote them out. And I, I hate going that direction. I know I'm upsetting some Republicans. I know I'm upsetting some Democrats. But the longer people serve in Congress and the longer people serve in our government... It just seems like the more corrupt they get. I, I, you know, Pelosi last year taking 15 members of her family to Italy so that she could do research on her heritage and somehow that's going to help American uh, people. I, I think that's criminal. That's almost as bad as this guy. I just, we got to vote them out because the longer they stay, the more they find to abuse. It's like they, they keep finding an extra room in the house that they can go in and just mess up. So the Attorney General Office is opposing the Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They're arguing that his assets, the guy has, Get this, and I got to say the word, I, I so badly want to cuss here. The guy has effing, he's got 16 houses. He's got 21 bank accounts. He's got a fleet of luxury automobiles and artwork. In my opinion, no government official should be able to accumulate that kind of wealth. Dirty. He's dirty, dirty, dirty. He's taking a lot of money underhanded, yeah. sneaky ways. And I think they're going to get them, and that, that's all good and said. But do you agree with me, Heidi? I mean, am I making any sense? Don't we have to vote them all out? Because the longer – my theory is the longer they're they're in office, the more they, they find that they can raid and pillage. Sometimes politics disgusts me. I'm just completely disgusted by this guy. Um, ew. Ew. I Would say. You, okay. Now, you're considered the liberal of, of this show. I mean, if we have to draw lines, you're fine, more liberal. Fine. Fine. I'll take it. Fine. Would you support the death penalty in this kind of abuse? No, I don't support the death penalty, period. Never, ever? Never, ever. Even when you rape and pillage? Live by example, my friend. Okay. Damn liberal. Damn liberal hippie. (laughs) There's got to be a plant somewhere in here. Something bad should happen to this guy, though. Not death, but something bad. Shady, yeah. I, shady. I think we need to lead by example. And can I ask why no. he was a deputy? What was he? A deputy lieutenant deputy or something Mayor. like that yeah. in L.A. for five months? What happened? I don't know. What's the story there? I, I don't know. I'm going to guess it's shady. It could be someone resigned and he took over the position or something. It could be positive. But anyway, we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. But again, this is our these are our leaders. These are our leaders. Five million dollars in debts to Nevada casinos. I personally think the person should be euthanized um, and or lobotomized. I'm I'm pro lobotomy. I, I say bring it back for the worst type of offenders, and this is the worst type of offender that that is heinous to our society. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five fifty six thirty nine. If you're out of the Bay Area, it's four one five three two two. 
9101. It's 415-322-9101. Right around the corner, headline news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.